0: I'm very thankful to be with you here. I've learned a couple of new phrases since I've been here in Alabama. I've learned a phrase, which is pimento cheese. Do you know what pimento cheese is? Pimento cheese? Let me just tell you that in California, before I, the very first time I came to Alabama, I had never even heard of pimento cheese. So, I know, we're such cretins. Pamana cheese, and then the phrase "all y'all," all y'all, which works really well. So, I'm going to employ it everywhere I go from now on. Um, I'm very thankful to be here with all y'all, and uh, and to have and to have time with you to celebrate Lent and all that it means about what Christ has done for us in our place. Let me read to you now from Isaiah 63, 15 through 64, two. Look down from heaven and see, from your holy and beautiful habitation, where are your zeal and might? The stirring of your inward parts and your compassion are held back from me. For you are our father, though Abram does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father. Our Redeemer from of old is your name. Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways and harden our heart so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Your holy people held possession for a little while our adversaries have trampled down your sanctuary. We have become like those over whom you have never ruled, like those who are not called by your name. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations might tremble at your presence. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would grant us your spirit, that we would understand your word, and not only that we would understand it with our minds, but that in our hearts we would respond in gratitude for all you have done. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Yesterday I had the wonderful opportunity and this is yesterday I had the wonderful opportunity of being able to talk with those of you who were here about a little word, one little word, and the word was us. Do you remember us? What the father did in sending the son is he sent the son to be one of us. Yesterday, we talked about that word, and by way of reminder, we considered how John had been baptizing in the Jordan, calling both the outwardly sinful and outwardly righteous to repentance. That sounds like a party. But even in his, is that like a, is that, is that a Birmingham thing? It's, it's all y'all, all y'all having a party. But even in his spirit-anointed ministry, even in his life of strict commitment and asceticism for Yahweh, John knew he wasn't good enough, nor clean enough. He knew that he had no innate holiness. He knew his good works weren't enough to cleanse his soul from sin. He knew he he needed washing himself, which was why when his cousin Jesus came to be washed by him, He refused at first. You remember, he said, no, no, I can't, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. But then Jesus, the only one among us all who didn't need to be cleansed, Jesus made the most astounding and comforting statement. He said, let it be so for now. He didn't argue with John about whether or not he was clean enough. Jesus knew John's soul. But he said, let it be so for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Can you hear your Savior's condescending love and grace there? He didn't just say, I've got to get my act together. I've got to do this. He didn't say, I'm trying to live a holy life for you. No, he said, it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. What he was doing at that moment was being righteous in your place so that in your baptism you would have his righteousness. Such amazing grace. We are counted in on his baptism, his purity, his righteousness, us, all y'all. We are with him there, fulfilling all righteousness. Which brings us then to our thoughts for today. Isaiah 63 speaks of a time in when due to their own sin and idolatry and unbelief, God's covenant people were wandering and alone. They wondered, God, Father, Yahweh, can you see us from your holy habitation? Where is your compassion? Why are we so very lost? We have become like those over whom you have never ruled, like those who are not called by your name. Certainly this was the true experience of the people of Israel in both Isaiah's time and also in the time of Christ. There God's people were groaning under the heel heel of Rome, alone, helpless, and without hope. So Isaiah prayed that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, to make your name known. Lord, why isn't your name known? Rend the heavens, come down, make your name known, that the nations might tremble at your presence. Oh, that you would rip open the sky, tear the heavens that separate us from you like a curtain. Come down. Come down and make your presence known. Have you ever had that desire, Lord? Come down. Do you see what's happening here? Do you see what's happening in my own heart, in my family, in my church, in my nation, in this world? Do you see what's happening? Won't you come down and make your presence known? Free us from our adversaries. Make the nations tremble before you. Let all the nations know that we are your chosen people, your holy nation again. Declare your sanctifying love over us. Can't you hear their heart? We understand. I understand. So let's direct our gaze again for a moment at Jesus' baptism. Down into the water he has gone with John. With us. He has received a baptism for repentance from sin. He has identified as one of us. But then the most amazing event occurs. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him, and behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I want you to notice how Matthew speaks of this event. The heavens were opened. The father finally answers Isaiah's prophetic prayer. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And he does. He has. He rent the heavens and came down. But see how he does this. In anger and judgment on his enemies? No. We see the Spirit descending like a dove and resting upon this man, covered with muddy water as he was. How does God answer Isaiah's prayer for deliverance and renewal? He tears open the heavens and anoints his son. At that moment, we hear the voice we've expected to hear all along. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. He doesn't come in anger or condemnation. Thank God for that. No, instead, he rends the heavens and speaks words of comfort to his beloved. You are my beloved, you please me. How could God already be pleased with Jesus? Because he had already lived a life of perfect filial obedience in our place, he had already loved perfectly all those years in Nazareth, loving his family, loving his neighbors, sawing wood. He had already loved perfectly, and he had already loved his father perfectly in our place. God was already pleased with his son. At this moment, the Lord ripped open the heavens and proclaimed, Welcome and a benediction to his son. You please me. But that's not the end. Now, we hear about God's answer to Isaiah and activity of tearing open the heavens on another day. But on that day, the son doesn't hear words of welcome and con- commendation. He hears nothing. He is isolated, in excruciating pain, exiled, completely alone. What does he hear? Nothing. And he cries out, still in faith, walking by faith and not by sight. He cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then God should have rent the heaven. He should have come down, we think, and said at that moment, you please me. You're my beloved son, but he does not. Why? Why? No, the exiled guilty one still needed to die. He had done everything he had been sent to do, and so then he spoke the sweetest three words ever uttered by my, by mankind, by our brother, our husband, our lord, our savior. What does he say? It is finished. It is finished. But still, God does not rent the heavens and come down. Still, he does not say, you are my beloved son. Why? Because he's being exiled for us so that we never will be exiled. In that moment, the curtain of the tent, and then then he prays and he says, Father, into your hands... I commit my spirit, and he dies. In that moment, though, then, afterward, God rends the heavens and comes down again. But this time, what he does is he tears the curtain in the temple in two. Rips it in half, rips heaven in half, opens it up, Rips the curtain in half. What was that curtain there for? To keep the profane from being annihilated by the holy. That curtain was there to protect us. And in that moment of Christ's death, the curtain is torn open. God rends the heavens and he rends that curtain. And now he has declared forever that our way into God's presence is open. May God be praised forever. Our way, the profane, the dirty, those who do not deserve it, have been invited in. Because Jesus has done everything for us in our place, We are now the ones who have been declared the Father's beloved sons and daughters with whom he is well pleased. You see that beautiful benediction that the Father gave over the Son on the day that he rent the heavens and came down. That benediction, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, is now ours. You are my beloved beloved sons and daughters with whom I am well pleased. But how can that be? How how can it be that God could look at us and say, son, daughter, you please me? How can that be? Because the sin that had separated us from the holy God has been completely expunged, washed completely away, all your sins, all your sins, the sins you committed before you came to faith, the sins you have committed since you came to faith, the sins you are going to commit tomorrow, all your sins washed away, all of them gone. What would your life be like if you could live without guilt? All your sins washed away. And, see, it's not just all your sins washed away. It is also all the righteousness of the life of Christ. All of his love, his service, his humiliation, his humility, his gentleness, his love of the truth, his desire to please his Father. He said, I always do the things that are pleasing for to my father. How many of you can say that of yourself? None of us. And yet, before God, that's our record. That's our record before him. All the righteousness needed to approach God has been supplied. And so now, all the curtains that had separated us from him have been torn apart. And it is only for us to believe in his welcome and his benediction over us. And then we wait in faith for the next time that the heavens are opened. And he rends the sky and comes down. And he will come down. And he will come down with great blessing and reward for all of us who are now welcomed as sons and daughters as beloved ones, as those with whom he is well pleased. I think for those of us who are believers, we think that God is somehow disappointed with us. Hear the gospel. He is well pleased. Why? Because you got up this morning and came to this service? Because you gave up X for Lent? Not saying that there's anything wrong with all of that. That's not what pleases him. What pleases him is the perfect love and obedience and faith of his Son, which is what you are now clothed with. That's your record. So what do we do? We rejoice. And we pray. Even so, Lord, rend the heavens and come down. And we will not be those who hide at your appearing. We will be those who love your appearing. Not because we have a righteousness of our own. Not because we have worked hard. Not because we've gone to church. Not because we've given alms. But because we have trusted in the one who said us. Us. Our brother. So Lord. Rend the heavens and come down. Please pray with me. Father, it is only by faith in what you have said, in what you have declared about us, it is only by faith in what you have declared about us that we are now welcomed at your table. You have welcomed us. And not only have you welcomed us as house guests, you have welcomed us as sons and daughters, your beloved. And you have said words about us, Father, that are inconceivable. With us, you are well pleased. Thank you. So because of that, Lord, we say, come, Lord Jesus Rend the heavens and come down. That we might be forever with you. And that we might see those scars which you bear even now for us. And rejoice as sons and daughters, as the beloved, as those who please their father. We thank you now, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.